I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back at it again with another shade of blue. I am David Greenwald. I'm here with Robert Rossert, Fad Bell. Cody might be dead. Uh, we've been trying to text him, call him, slack him. I sent carrier pigeons to his house. He's he's not answering. So we've decided to roll without Cody Bradley, um, which is a shame because he's got the, uh, the, the media game uh, goal all queued up all the time. And that will be relevant <laughs> towards the end of this pod. But yeah. guys, how you... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Thad. I just went, eh. Eh. Yeah, he didn't answer his Hogwarts letter either, so I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Well, hopefully Cody's alive. Um, if not, you guys will have a new host on the Shades of Blue every week. So let's talk about Sporting Kansas City, Houston Dynamo, 2-2 draw. Thad, start us off. Disappointing the way that ended for damn sure. I was really hoping to pull three points out of it. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Robert, what do you think? Well, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, who Cody is a fan of, has this thing that he does for the dinner check. So he lifts up the dinner check, bulges his eyes out, and then calmly lifts back at the person he's buying dinner for. (laughs) That's kind of how the end of that game was. It's like, what? (laughs) How could this happen twice in stoppage time? Right, guys? You know, it's disappointing because we had the lead twice, but it's tough to say it's not a deserved result for Houston. I mean, I feel like they pretty well controlled the game. They had so many more shots than we did. A lot of it was like a very sporting KC-esque type thing of a lot of shots from distance that didn't really have a ton of of hopes for going in. But, you know, it's tough to say Houston didn't deserve something out of that game. Um, And it was, you know, sporting was just, hanging on for dear life at the end. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You kind of alluded to some of the offensive stats for sporting. Uh, Breaks down like this. Shots for Houston, 19. Sporting had five. 
Possession was Houston, 59%. Shots on goal, six to Houston, three for us. And then uh, XG, 2.2 for them, one for us. But, uh, I mean, we are a better team with uh, Rodoya at the six. I think that's pretty clear. Um, Shallowy was completely absent last night. And, you know, gosh, guys, I love Johnny Russell, but he's just not been the player that he's been in the past. So, it was Gotti and Polito, and of course they shined in moments and uh, just didn't have enough of those moments. Yeah, and yeah. you know even even then our XG is skewed because we had a penalty kick, yeah. right? Um, I was surprised at how low Polito's first goal was scored as XG. I think Apple had it at halftime as 0. 0.27. Right. Um, yeah. Which was surprising because it was a wide open look. You know, he had to kind of chip the keeper, but it was a pretty clean look on goal. Inside so the you would finish that, David, with regularity? Would I? Yeah. <laughs> well, since I didn't get an invite to the media game, you uh, will never know. But so the answer is yes. Yes, I, I think, would. I think we know. I think we know. <laughs> I would. And you, it's uh, Schrodinger's cat. You won't ever find out. <laughs> that I interrupted you. What were you going to say? Oh, I don't know now. But no, I, I think we know whether you would finish that. Because if you could finish that, you would already be playing. In the media game? Yeah, it no. wasn't an easy game. No, somewhere game. else. <laughs> uh, well, I was I was a baseball player, not a soccer player, so that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, but it's it's not as easy to finish as what you you know. It's... Sure, but if you're a professional, if you're a professional soccer player, that's uh, and you're a starting striker, that's a shot that should be finished nine out of ten times. Um, I think you overestimate that, but yeah, that's fine. If you're a designated player striker <laughs> in this league, you should finish that. Right. Do these XG guys have this sheet? Okay. If it's Alan Polito, add this amount. If it's, you know, this person, reduce it by that amount. Kyrie Shelton, perhaps. You know, I don't know. Do they have that sheet? I don't know. I'll no, tell you that, that. That doesn't come into play. That goal was class. <laughs> that goal was class. It was a nice, it was, he did a great job of staying on side. Gotti fed him perfectly. I mean that that was pretty, and and the first two goal the two goals in the first half essentially were very pretty goals. It got to give Houston credit that passing was really well done. It really was. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me because Ben Olsen, when he was in DC, got a lot of stick for being extremely conservative, playing really ugly, you know, ugly soccer, and got kind of rightfully fired for it. And this Houston team looks like they're really humming. Um, they played really, really nice attacking soccer last night, and they've had a like a pretty good season. Um, so it's interesting to see how different Benny Ball is. And especially, you know, our friend Paolo Nagamora had really terrible results with, with Houston as well. So um, his ability to kind of turn that team around and not a, like a long time is is nice to see, I suppose. It's good to have rivals i i give uh aurelian colin credit for that <laughs> do you think that he trains in like those really tight cutoff shorts like he like he sells and wears yes i like to i like the idea of him like out on the training pitch like talking to guys while wearing like really tight cutoff jorts um or some of the really like i'll call it avant-garde style that he's got very French. <laughs> yeah, it was always very interesting. Very, you know, if we French. really want a breakdown of um, Houston's attack last night, 
we should ask some of the sporting back line because they had a pretty good, you know, watch view of what was going on. Well, yeah. Robert, go <laughs> go explain that more. Uh, well, that first goal, as pretty as it was, there were a lot of guys standing around watching what was going on. And I don't know whether they were admiring or they were expecting others to do more than they did. But, um, I mean, I looked at it closely and like, okay. So I see an error there by Tommy watching Voltaire, Leibold, and Rosero, especially uh, Rosero at the end. He's just like, what's going on? <laughs> so there's a lot of watching going on there. Uh, I don't know which you think the second goal was a lot uh, worse defense by sporting or. Yeah, I would, I would. It's, I mean, it started with the mistake by uh, Castiano just slipping, giving him a little more room than he needed to. And then the ball just slipped through. That was one where the runners could have been with them better. I give him a little more slack on that first goal because it was just really perfect passing. I mean, you can say there were, there were ball watching and you're not wrong, but at the same time, when you're flipping from side to side, which way to go, you're, you're ball watching, but you're also having right. to react to really excellent passing at that moment. So you can see some of the best teams in the world yeah. get picked apart like that. Uh, not often, but you know, yeah, you mentioned the runner on the second goal. Um, Jake Davis did not have his best game. And uh, Voltaire hands his runner off, you know, the goal scorer, uh, I can't remember his name for Houston, but to Davis. And Davis just doesn't make the effort he needs to make to get goal side. Uh, and, you know, he ends up scoring the goal. So that was one for sure. But, um, yeah, Rosero was flat-footed too when that deflection came in. You can't really fault him much for that, but we'd like to see him a little more active in his defending. But, you know, as much as the defense and, and it's, you know, it really was Davis, Rosero and, and Fontes and then at the end Castellanos who, you know, combined kind of for the airs that led to the goals. I also think our midfield didn't do them any favors. You know, Eric Tommy had one really terrible giveaway that we were fortunate not to, uh, not to get it, you know, punished for, but Remy didn't really control the midfield. Eric Tommy didn't really control the midfield. Gotti was a good outlet when we finally got the ball to him, but, you know, he wasn't getting a ton of touches. And I feel like Houston kind of overran us in the midfield. Hector Herrera, Ache Ache, as they kept calling him, you know, I thought really dominated and, and earned his kind of designated player status, showed why he has that. And when you lose the midfield battle and the defense is constantly under pressure, I think that, you know, there's more opportunities to make errors. And I think that was somewhat exacerbated by the fact that you've got John East and a fatigued Gotti Kinda playing that right side of midfield defending late in the game. And the fatigue has to come into play on several of those guys' parts. It was hot, humid, a little worse than the, the worst, the hottest game I think they've started any game this year all that thrown in there still guys working back to fitness and trying to also preserve some fitness for the next game. So what Peter has been criticized in the past for not subbing guys out so they can get rest may have contributed to some of this last, the last minute game goal also. So, well, and I'll say, you know, Vermees has been much more willing to sub this year than in years past. Um, I think we had the first sub of the match. Um, Although my feed's a little slow to pull up, but um, 
Vermees seems much, much more willing this year to rotate guys in um, in the 60th minute, 65th minute, somewhere in there where you can still get into the flow of the game. You know, a, a late sub, you know, an 88th minute sub does nothing other than stall and delay, right? So um, trying unless to get fresh. 10 minutes of stoppage time. Well, unless you have 10 <laughs> minutes of stoppage time. But, you know, the, the idea of trying to get fresher legs in to actually make an impact in the middle of the game um, is a, is a nice change to see. I think part of that is he's always been getting criticism for not making these subs, but when he is looking at players, he's saying that the team is playing the way he wants them to play. Why make the sub? It's not changing anything in his mind. I'm not saying I agree with him all the time in that, but that's a lot what it has, has been in his, you know, the way he sees things is if the, the team's playing the way he wants them to, they're, they're doing better than what the guy coming off the bench would do in his mind. He leaves it as it is, unless there's an injury, unless the guy's too uh, fatigued to keep playing. This year, there's been so many injuries and guys coming back off of long-term injuries and all these other factors coming into it. You know, you know Johnny being out long periods of time twice this year. Uh, all these factors that he's, he's making these subs because of those guys. If those guys are all healthy and 90-minute fit, you would not see as many subs. It's well, not because may. he's just making more subs. It's just because he's seeing that he needs to in this particular case. You may see a little more than usual because he, he'll have the depth that he didn't have last year. Yes, good point, yeah. good point. Well, I, I also just fundamentally disagree with that kind of perspective. There's so much data out there that talks about how making subs, like in, even when the sub window should be, that subs that come on in like the 55th to 65th minute have the most impact in a game. The idea that we, I mean, we have, they, these guys wear the the trackers and stuff and you can see how well somebody is sprinting, how much cut ground they're covering. There's so much data that suggests that it's a good idea to sub, even if the team's playing the way you want, make a like for like, right? So let's say Roger Espinosa starting, and I, I hate to pick on Roger because he's a really good dude, but like, let's say Roger starts, you can tell in like the 60th minute that he's going to start slowing down. That's when you can sub in a guy like Felipe. Or if, if everybody's available, you can sub in Remy or you can sub in Tommy or Kinda or whoever. But there's so much data that suggests that that's the time to sub. And so the idea that like, well, you know, these 11 guys, they're all playing fine. So I just won't rotate anybody out regardless. And, and there's also something to be said for adapting to what the other team does. When the other team subs on fresh legs, they're trying to change the game which means that you have to change how you're playing the game also. You know, if we put on, let's say, another sport, like sporting throwback, but let's say Gerso, right, who's super pacey, and you sub in Gerso to run at tired legs on the back line, a good coach will say, oh, well, you know, my right back is tired. Maybe it's time to sub in somebody who's fresh and ready to run. Um, so I just think it's very naive to, to say, well, the team's playing the way I want them to, so I just won't bother to ever rotate. Yeah, and I'm not saying I 100% agree with what he's doing. I'm just trying to explain it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Well, before we talk, speaking of subs, uh, we have a whole segment that I'd like to talk about Kyrie Shelton. But before we do that, uh, everybody knows I hate the referees. I hate them all. They're all the worst. Um, I do not understand pro. I will say Nima Sagafi had, I think, a perfectly fine game last night. I don't really have any complaints about 10 minutes of stoppage time. Any really of the like of the calls, I thought 
he called a good game, except how in the world Ferreira can just attack Garikinda, not in the run of play, and get away with a yellow card will always and forever baffle me. Um, to anybody who didn't watch, Kinda was getting ready to restart after the goal. He kind of faked it so that Houston would run off sides. And then Houston's DP Ferreira just sprinted over to the center of the circle and like shoved Kinda to the ground. Um, as if to say, I did not like that you tricked me. It was <laughs> insane. And the, uh, the, the commentators were like, oh, well, that's a suspension and uh, a red card. And we'll see him in like four, in four games. Right. I got a yeah. yellow. How the hell do you get a yellow? Thad, explain this to me. Defend it. You are a contrarian. Defend this. Okay. The guy pushed him. That's all he did. That, was he pushed Thad, him? you're fired. Thad, you're fired. I hate you. Why? <laughs> he, he pushed him. He didn't even... hit him. He didn't punch him. He didn't hit, didn't strike him to the face, the head, uh, uh, the groin. He pushed the guy. He pushed him over. Five seconds, ten seconds later, Logan and Denbe does the same thing to one of their players. He got no card. You should be upset about Logan getting no card also if you're going to go down that path. I hate you so much. (laughs) You you have no argument there, Mr. Lawyer. Come on, come on. (laughs) Okay, let me let me ask you. So you you defended Was it brutal? No, he pushed him. Let me was there a lot of force? No, he ran over, stopped, and pushed him. It was it was kindergarten (laughs) stuff, elementary school, man. All right, so Thad, not contrarian, Thad. Let me get your actual opinion. Do you think he deserved a red? Yes. <laughs> it wouldn't have affected the game, right? Like right. it's not the difference between sporting winning and losing, but it's just insane. You can't to have me. that. It's insane. It's not even during like. It's not like somebody had tackled somebody else, or like there was a scuffle over like a throw-in or anything, which is where you see a lot of pushing and shoving right. and like some of this stuff. It was just like a random attack. It was like he might I, as well have been like a pitch invader, you know? Like I'm, what the hell? I'm great. Well, okay, okay. So if a if a pitch invader runs on and a player pushes him, is that uh, the player should be arrested at that point? I mean, I, I hate to get into this legal attack kind of quite thing, right? But in the role of the game, it was not I mean, it, just like when you were doing a dog so and things like that. It was not a soccer play. It was. It, it was not a soccer play. This was not a heated moment where everybody just stood up and kind of did the handbags kind of thing, right? And pushed each other away. He intentionally walked over mad and shoved Gotti. Like, that can't be allowed. It, it is a little bit amazing also that there was more yellow cards to players not on the field that was than impressive. in that moment. Like, I want to know what Tim Leibold said. Can you find out for us this week? <laughs> it what was, did Tim say to get a yellow? According to Peter, it was not what he said. It was because he encroached onto the field. Yeah, the well, MLSsoccer.com says dissent. But... He well. dissented onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't. Cody's not here, and I don't know how he includes breaks and/or commercials. So uh, we may or may not be taking a break right now. But let's come back and talk about Kyrie Sheldon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Thad, you are Kyrie's biggest fan. You have a Shelton jersey. <laughs> why is he still why is he still playing? Why is he why is he on the pitch? Why why does he get subbed into games? I have another question. Roster. He's on the roster. Okay. But I mean, are there not other people who are more capable? Apparently not in Peter's opinion. Uh, it, you know, it's Robert am I am I being unreasonable in my expectations for how this team should play am, am I being unfair to Kyrie here no I'm unfair to Kyrie I think the fact that we're still talking about it is a little unfair to Kyrie um but I mean even his performance last night he didn't do what he's supposed to do I saw some jogging and some half effort in a sense um yeah, I mean, I don't want him on the field either because I don't think he's a good enough soccer player. But I don't think we need to keep talking about it. But that's one of David's favorite subjects. <laughs> it's what the people want. The people want to know. They, they're they here for the Kyrie banter. I just... The fact certain... that we're continually baffled doesn't change the fact that it's not going to change. <laughs> you're, I mean, you're right. I understand why Vermees operates the way he does. He knows what he's getting out of Kyrie. He likes Kyrie. He wants Kyrie to taunt the fans for not liking Kyrie. And I do think it's unfair that Kyrie gets like booed onto the pitch. I don't think I was here for that pod. But, yeah, you know, I was at the game where we booed him onto the pitch. And not not me, but other. The, I heard the fans boo him onto the field, which I think is not fair uh you boo him after the game but at a certain point you know what you've got with Kyrie which is a below average to poor MLS winger at some point try a free is it a free how do I pronounce his name our draft pick Stephen yeah. a free Stephen Stephen <laughs> you've got this know. kid and and he may not be any good we don't know because he doesn't play but at some point, you have to see if there's anything different that he can offer you than what Kyrie's offering you, right? I mean, because because we've got a midweek match, and we need rotation, and I'm willing to bet you both everything in the fine jar. He's not going to see the field, and and it, it, this is where I'm starting to get very confused with the decision making. Why even bother drafting him if you don't think he's even worth a cameo? Because you take a risk by drafting. I mean, it's, if you have a, a very few teams, and teams have done it, is just passed. I mean, they've done it, especially later in the rounds. But if you get a first or second round, you draft somebody that might have a chance. I've seen him play for uh, SKC too, and he's okay. He's got some speed. He's also been set back by uh, he stayed in school, so he didn't show up until partway through the season. I'm not willing to write the guy off, but at the moment, is he better than anybody else on the field? No, but if you, they've played him, they actually played him in Houston there in the Open Cup. He looked dangerous, except uh, he couldn't finish a pretty close shot. I think it was you complaining about that, David. Sure, but you know, is he not as capable as Kyrie at this point? Is there anything that Kyrie is offering that he can't potentially offer also? Yes. Which is what? He knows the system well enough to be in those spots where he needs to be, where Frifo would not right now. But now, what, you, good, you, what, what good does it do to know the system if you, like, you can't control the ball and you can't pass and you can't dribble and can't shoot? You're a body in the way. 
You wouldn't even be there. I mean, you wouldn't obstruct or annoy or pester or mildly draw the attention of an opposing player if you're on the other side of the field where you sh- from where you should be. I'm not saying a free would be that way, but you know you're going to get Shelton at least trying to do what Peter wants him to do. Robert, where do you land on this? Are you on my side or that side? <laughs> um, I, I think Steven should be given a chance. I think he looked pretty good in his cameo against, what, Vancouver last week. Um, so, yeah, I think he should be a choice above above Kyrie. He, he got a goal for SKC, too, against Vancouver. Okay, well, Thad, I don't know if you were paying attention, but that's two votes against you to your to your vote for yourself. Hey. I don't care. Thad doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Robert, I want to talk to you. You know, we've got well over half the seasons played, right? We're, I I think we're coming up on two thirds of the season is completed. Um, Amazing, huh? Sporting is in 10th place on what? 25 points. We are, I think, level with Vancouver on points, but behind on goal differential and they have games in hand. I think everybody has games in hand on us. Um, 538 has Sporting at 61% to just make the playoffs, 52% to make to win that play-in game, to make it to the what they're calling officially the first round. Um, what are your thoughts on Sporting's playoff chances? Well, the only reason that Seattle, with their inconsistent play, LAFC with their drop-in form recently, and Sporting Kansas City with their mediocre play are even in the talk of Sporting making the playoffs and Seattle and LAFC possibly still winning the division is that this division, this Western Conference, is weak as far as point totals. You compare it to the East, it's just not the same. So that's the only reason that Sporting is at a 61%. That's the only reason they're at a 52% chance to make round one. Um, Otherwise, they'd be dead now. But um, here's the facts as far as the games in hand. Any team in the West, and I'm not saying this is going to happen because obviously they're at the bottom of the table for a reason, but any team in the West, say for Colorado, if they win their games in hand, they will leapfrog over over sporting. So, you know, you got to look at it uh, both ways. But, again, this conference has been weak this year, and that's the only reason sporting still has a shot. Thad, what are your thoughts on sporting's playoff chances? They're fair. I mean, I I think the percent chances that was given there are relatively decent sporting shot themselves throughout the first 10 games, shot themselves at the last two home games uh, or the two home games where they lost. And if they'd have won those two, they would be pretty good percent chance. I mean, they would be in a very good spot despite the game in hand for everybody else. If they can continue to get some results, the Houston game is disappointing. But if you'd said two weeks ago that you're going to go to Houston and draw, Houston's a team that was 7-1-1 and at home. They had only given up three goals. Sporting went in there and scored two on them. And, you know, it's a tough place to play, which is kind of amazing to say that, considering that, like, only a third of the fans show up. But <laughs> it's, it's still a tough place to play. And going there and getting a result – you would have been okay with it. You know, the only reason we're questioning that is a good result is because they surrendered to lead twice, but they are the only, like they've scored two of the five total goals in league play at Houston this year in 10 games. So that's not a bad result. So if they can just keep up that it's those, those games at home, they have to come in and play at home. 
if they win those games at home, they're they're in the playoffs. We got something to talk about for the postseason. You know, we can debate, and you know, I'm sorry, Chad probably will, but uh, that you know, the playoff structure. But there's going to be eight teams in the playoffs, no matter what, because it just works that way as far as the playoffs go and extra money for those teams, etc. So there's nine. But should a team that's won six in 25 even have a sniff of the playoffs right now? No, they don't. Here's the other crux, though. We have seven draws. Last night, for example, many other examples. If we had turned any, you know, two or three of those into wins, yep. we would we'd be justified. Let's say <laughs> it's it's always going to be that argument, man. And and this is American sports, so there's going to be a lot of teams in the playoffs. The NBA, the NHL are like that. NFL, I'm not sure how many they have in there anymore, but six. It's it's more than six or six on each side. Six on each side. Um, so it's just it's just American sports, and I'm okay with that. It's it's part of what we've grown up watching for a lot of different sports, and that's. I, I don't want to get all like, oh, they don't really deserve to make playoffs as their a team. It's just what it is. No, and I agree. I agree. You know, and with as the size of the league is growing to, you know, almost thirty teams will be. It's you you want more teams in the playoffs to have more interest for more teams. Right. If you're a truly terrible team, then yeah, you're sitting down there in 12th spot and you go home and people mock you and that's fine. They mock you long enough. You might actually improve Cincinnati. Um, and I also don't get, I, that's why I also don't get caught up in pro. Well, I've watched teams battle just to make the ninth spot. You know, right. if you're in EPL and you're, you're safely in 12th spot, man. Nobody cares. You don't get fired. You don't get hired. You don't lose anything. You don't gain anything. You just sit there and coast. You're not making Europe. You're not doing this. You're not getting relegated. It's the exact same thing that everybody complains about bottom teams in MLS. They know they're out of the playoffs. Who cares? It's the same thing. It's just at a different, slightly different spot in the table. But six wins in 25, guys. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, if we take out how bad the first 10 games were, it's <laughs> 6 and 15. Right, right. That's not there. I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, the thing about Sporting's run-in to the playoffs or potential playoffs is Sporting controls their own destiny. You know, all these other teams have games in hand, and that's that's fine. You have to actually win those. You know, there's so many times where Sporting, and I, I want to say it was like the 2016, 2017 season, somewhere in there, that like, post cup era um where sporting had like four games in hand on somebody and i was like oh well if we just win all four we're gonna be in first place in the west and we duffed it you know it's not a guarantee that you win and especially in this league where like last night la beat the pants off of the philadelphia union and la's the galaxy are terrible and the union are objectively one of the best teams in the league and you just get weird results but the galaxy are improving though Yes, they are. They are, but they still suck. Uh, <laughs> but looking at Sporting's run-in, you know, we have Salt Lake at home, Austin on the road, San Jose at home. Um, those are all teams that are playoff teams, but they're in the lower quadrant of the playoffs. Or, you know, they're in the, the four, five, and seven spots. You've got two against St. Louis who are they're in the league, and I'm not going to say anything nice about them. Um, and I refuse to acknowledge that where they stand at the table. Uh, but St. Louis and Nashville are the only two really good teams that sporting has left. 
Um, they've got two against St. Louis, one against Nashville, but then they've got matches against Minnesota, who's outside the playoffs, Miami, who's the worst team in the league, um, or at least the worst team in the East. You know, they Sporting has a chance to to claw their way back in if they can get results against these teams that are kind of in direct competition with them for those lower playoff spots. They're not gonna they're not gonna get a home playoff game. They're not gonna finish the season in third. But they can make it and then maybe do some damage if everybody's healthy. If everybody's healthy. Famous last words, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk, speaking of people who are not always healthy, I want to talk about Alan Pulido. Robert, we've discussed this on the pod already about, you know, what we should do with Pulido. He's got interest. He can sign a pre-contract. Um, Sporting's talked about re-signing him, and I have been on on the record that I don't want to re-sign an aging, injury-prone striker. But I have a feeling that I'm going to have to eat those words because he is scorching hot. Robert, what are your thoughts on Polito's form right now? Tell you what, I mean, we, we've known this, and even during all the times that he was injured and people were frustrated with him, we know that when he's on the field, he, he's going to produce. Um, and he's doing that now. You know, him and Gotti's connection, Peter addressed that in the post-match conference. Um, strong. So, I mean, you know, the thing with me is if he doesn't want to be here, which there are, you know, thoughts that he doesn't from you know, kind of what we're hearing, but that may be, you know, all Mexican team fluff. But uh, if he doesn't want to be here, then, yeah, I don't want him here. But if he does and we can re-sign him, I- I'm fine with that. Thad? I'm quite good with re-signing him. Uh, maybe not super long-term, but that's right. got to be the ne- that's got to be part of the negotiation. Um, I want to say, cause I, I always hate the, he's injury prone. He's had one big injury since he's been here. I mean, obviously one big injury. I don't think he was very injury prone before he came here. Um, and a lot of that time when he was not necessarily informed was he actually had that injury that they had not done the surgery on it yet. So, well, I mean, he's had other injuries though, right? I mean, didn't he get he's had his others, foot all chewed up on the, while he was playing for the Mexican national team? That's where it started, yeah. But I don't think he had long periods out. So, I mean, if we if Sporting KC re-signs him, we're talking about at least three years, right? It's, it, it's going to be two guaranteed in an option year. Um, I mean, is there a world in which he signs for less than that? Probably not. No, I'd and, say two minimum, yeah. It would, all, it would also depend on money. I mean, if he could go to somewhere else and make more money for two, then he would sign for two. You know, I mean, there's a lot of complicating factors to that. And I do know that he loves Chivas. I mean, he's a he lives and breathes Chivas, but they're also the ones who screwed him on his contract and didn't pay him. So there's two sides to that. Well, and that's why I don't know. I mean, I think Sporting, if they want to resign him, is going to have to make a really substantial financial investment. Um and, and I don't say this to with any sort of, you know, negative connotation towards Al, uh, Polito, but I don't think he loves the club in the way that, like you mentioned, that he loves Shivas, right? Or like with Zussi. I do think he loves the club. Uh, I think he, I think a lot of fans say, oh, he loves Chivas, so he, he doesn't care about sporting. What I see from him is he does love sporting. I'm not going to say he loves it more in Chivas. I think that would be foolish for me to even insinuate that. But 
I do not see any indication that he does not care about sporting. I mean, he does. And and I don't mean to suggest that he doesn't, uh, but I just I've don't. heard people saying that though, like, oh, he just wants out of here. Like, if right. there's there's, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, David. There's, no, there's there's so many factors. He does love Chivas. There's still he has aspirations of getting back on the national team, and if their coaching staff indicates that he needs to be in Mexico to be to do that, then that's where he's going to end up, regardless of what we want or care about. Uh, I don't know. I think it, when he came up here, it was an opportunity to do something better and be seen by larger places. Cause he's probably not going to be seen as much in some as he was down there, but it was also more likely, or it was not unlikely that he would still be able to go to the national team. Cause he did when he was in MLS, but if the coaching staff now is, which they're a, a dumpster fire also, but if they're indicating in any way, shape or form that he needs to be in Mexico, then that's where he's going to be. Yeah, but doesn't he want to play in the league that Messi is in? Come on. <laughs> stop. 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 I'm we've this podcast has spent too much time talking about the second best soccer player of all time coming to the league. <laughs> he doesn't even have a contract. He doesn't even have a contract. Next week, and, man. Next week. And, and, and somehow down. Okay, and we're somehow, recording this on the ninth, and I think by the time half the people listen to this, that might have changed. <laughs> and somehow there all these rumors about Miami signing. All of these Barcelona players, I for a team that has already cheated their way to five DPs, I don't know how they're going to get Jordi Alba and uh, is it Busquets, Busquets yeah. and Messi and the three DPs they've already got. And like, I just it's ridiculous. They're talking about trying to get Suarez to like. There's no possible way. I I don't think Messi's coming. That's my conspiracy theory. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, it's happening. But all the uh, other it, stuff, I have hey, no idea. I, I'm allowed to have my conspiracy theories that have no <laughs> basis in reality. Okay, thank you. All right, good deal. All right, moving so, on. <laughs> thank you, Robert. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. We've got a midweek Wednesday game. night. Wednesday night, and and there's a something more important than the match between Sporting and Salt Lake. Oh, but I want to talk about Sporting and Salt Lake first. Thad, give us a rundown on RSL. Gotta hate him. <laughs> Robert, give us a rundown on RSL. <laughs> Seven in a row without a loss, RSL. Uh, they just got a Poku from uh, LAFC. I don't know if he's going to play come Wednesday night. But, uh, yeah, they're kind of scary, guys. The Poku went to Montreal. Uh, you're right, he did. My fault. They got somebody else. Who's the forward RSL got? They got somebody. But, yes, thanks for correcting me. Yeah, that's... This is good content. <laughs> well, I'll keep looking it up, but talk. To, oh, they got Chicho Arango. Ah, there you go. They Thank signed Chicho Arango, who had been at LAFC and then had gotten transferred to. So you can see my confusion there, my little slip up. Forgive me. Yes. That's Cody right. gets the gets the fine. And so. And he, and he made an that's impact. Right. All fines today go. <laughs> all fines go to Cody. Um, yeah, RSL just coming off beating the ever-living snot out of Orlando 4-0. Arango got a goal. Justin Glad got a goal. Savarino and Anderson Juliao got a goal. Um, they're they're playing all right. I mean, they're still middle of the table. Um, but like you said, Robert, you know, seven games unbeaten. It's not going to be an easy match. It's perfect time to take them down, though, I think. All right. Sporting well, has been known to do that. 
Yeah, our form, our past. home form isn't amazing. In the past, yeah. That's the problem, is our home <laughs> form is not amazing. In fact, it's been dreadfully, dreadfully bad. Okay, we well, beat the Cubs 3-0 last time at home. Come on. And they look good doing it. And yeah. again, in fairness, in Houston, they looked good for good chunks of the time. Once they got the lead, though, they kind of didn't do as much. I want to wrap this up because I want to talk about the most important thing that will happen on Wednesday. Eight minutes of fabulous media game. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. David, I wish you were out there, man. I wish I had gotten invited to be out there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be there? Yes, I will be in the stands rooting you guys all on. You're not going to boo anybody that comes on the pitch? No, I'm booing okay. all of you. I'm booing, okay. I'm booing Chad. <laughs> uh, I'm booing uh, Cody. Um, but no, wait, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. In our chat, you you said that Cody's going to get a brace. And, and you're going to boo him? That, yeah, of course. Of okay. course. <laughs> I, I have loyalty to my guys in our, what are we, section 137? 131? <laughs> On whatever section we're in. Like, Thad, Thad never sits in our section because he's always on the field shooting. Uh, but Mrs. Thad and Robert and I all sit in the same section at the stadium. And so I have to have loyalty to my crew, my, my season ticket crew. Appreciate that. So my wife will not be there. She won't be there to root you on? No. Why? She had a prior commitment that she was already doing long before she knew about this. So However, my daughter neither? Or will I, she be there? I think my daughter will be there. Oh, okay. She she actually requested off work just so she could be there to, as she said, in case you die, somebody needs to be able to tell mom. <laughs> now, didn't last year she would have come on the pod and do some commentary about the media game? Oh, uh, you know, if I pre-warn her, maybe she will this time. <laughs> I I will have full thoughts. We will have a full segment where I break down the media game um, because I am – so excited to watch you guys go out there and run around. Uh, Get a life, David. <laughs> I'm not running. Yeah, you run. You run every year. What's I changed? Amble. I amble. Okay, well, I'll watch you amble around the pitch. Uh, uh, and every okay. year, I say that it's probably my last one. So, well, if you want to give up your spot, I'll it's stretch not, and make it's sure not I'm my game spot ready. to give. It's their them inviting <laughs> you. You have you have pull. You can make something happen. I'll be I'll be ready as a halftime sub. You you play four minutes and then I'll sub in. <laughs> I can see David leaping out of the stands onto the field, getting tackled. Yeah, <laughs> right. With a bunch of I'm, yellow vest guys chasing him. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, I'm looking for the for the rosters, but who's on your team? Man, I forget. I was actually just looking for the roster. Also, um, Jimmy Mack is on our side. Yeah, Sperry. Yeah. Uh, let's see. On the other team, Chad is on the other team. I did find out why he was the only person from Kansas City Soccer Journal is on the other team is because we'd played last year and got one jersey. So they tried to take that whole everybody who had played and got that jersey, move them to the other side so that he, they would get a different jersey. So we were getting the hoops because uh, last year we got the state line pseudo state line obscura top whatever that was state line three yeah um so is are either of you guys gonna man mark chad just to like keep him totally out of the game 
Um, is that necessary? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, look, we're doing it for the content right now. We're doing it for the banter. Is no. Will, will you talk shit to him on the pitch? I talk shit to everybody on the pitch. I don't talk shit before the game. I don't like brag like, oh, we're going to win this thing 17 to nothing or anything. But when you're on the field, man, I will be talking. I will. If you are within arm's reach of me, you will get a shove. You may get a kidney punch. Um, okay. You may get so, a knee. You, I, I don't give a shit if you're in media or if you're fucking messy. You're going to get. If, if I have the ability to do it, you will at least catch a. Uh, I, I want you to go home with a bruise. So, so I'm, have, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the rosters. I found. Yeah, it. you want me to run it down or no? Well, so most of these people I've never heard of. Um, okay. Todd and, Palmer, you've heard of Aaron Ladd. I don't know who those people are. Okay. Aaron Ladd's a good dude. I don't know. Cody Tapp. With. I don't know who that is either. Okay. See how some Marcus Officer is. He's on the other other side. I don't know who that is either. Okay. Jillian Carroll. You know who Jillian is? I do not know who that is. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I know Dan Kuzer. I know Dan, on, on the other team on Sporting Indigo. I know Dan Kuzer and Chad Smith. Um, and if if you don't get a red card tackle on either one of them, I will be disappointed. So you know Dave Borker and Todd Lebo. Uh, yeah, I do know who those two are. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, but I I am unfamiliar with most of these people. Do these people all cover the the team? Yeah. Let's Apparently see. more than you do, David. I, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> First of all, I will have you know hey, I said my apparently. recaps. My oh, recaps are right. beloved by our readers. <laughs> people on, by the way, go to the Kansas City Soccer Journal.com and read our content. Thank you very much. But people love my recaps. I will have you know. I've ne- who are all these people? Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, going down that list, Alex Gold, Cody Tapper with 610 Sports Radio. Not that I ever listened to it, but I know it's like at least somewhat legitimate media. Sure. Jimmy Mack with, with uh, I, us yeah, and yeah, with know, a, we, a pod. Sperry with Mack. the star. Me, Cody, Robert, I think we're at least somewhat legitimate. Dude from KCTV5, I don't know him. KMBC, I don't know that guy. I don't, KPRS FM, what the hell is that? I mean, it's a radio station. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. How many of the people on the in this media game would you see in the press box or in a press conference? Okay, ever? Like like in the last, in this season, how many of these people have you seen in the press okay. box? Or in a press okay, box? just running down. I'm going to run down the list because I'm trying to be fair about this. Jimmy, Sperry, me, Cody, Robert, uh, Todd Palmer, Aaron Ladd. He's he's routinely out at uh, pressers and at practice. Uh, Walfrey Rodas. I'm not sure how you say his name, so I apologize. Really nice guy. He's a photographer and does writing for a Spanish uh, outlet. Uh, Emily Infante. Infante. If that's the Emily, I think it is. She's been out there with uh, what says Reyes Medias Group and TUDN. I don't know that dude. Marcus Officer. I've seen him at some of the bigger stuff, like, but usually not. But Harold Kuntz, he's like routinely out there for practices and pressers. Uh, I've never seen Dan Kuzer before. I don't know who he is. Uh, Chad, <laughs> Jimmy Max. <laughs> I know you're Jillian. <laughs> Jillian, uh, she has been, she's on KCTV five, but she's also done play by play and stuff like that for various different soccer things as one of the KC current broadcast team right now. Uh, Peyton she used Headley. To work for the club. 
Yeah. Uh, Peyton Headley, trying to, I know I've seen her at something, but I think that was for the current. Let's see, Carlos and Edwin from Arkansas. I've, I know I've talked to at least one of those guys at Sporting. 810 guys, Dave Borchert, he's one of their media people. Todd Lebo's been out at some stuff. Uh, Aiden Manzano, he's out there all the time. Like he's one of the routine guys that's out there with me and Sperry. Uh, good. Uh, he's a good guy. And the other ones I don't know by name. Uh, no, I, Nate and Allie, I guess they're on maybe TV it's, elsewhere. But maybe it's Eleanor that's out there with Aiden. But I thought it was Emily, but maybe it's Eleanor. So, so oh, David, saying, you should yes. fly to be the referee. You know, oh my God, I would have could be Hetzel. I don't know. It was Beasler for the current media game. I don't know who it's going to be. I would have I would have so much fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> just and I would and I would die to have people just rip me to shreds for all the bad calls I'd make <laughs> given my opinion about referees. I think, I think it would the key in the media game is to not make calls. <laughs> yeah, right, well the, that's exactly what happens when you you got to let the chaos when, happen. <laughs> when you go when you go double leg to the knees of Chad, that's when that's when I just leave the card in the pocket. When Thad Rugby tackles Dan Couser, card stays in the pocket. <laughs> I don't know what it looks gets, like. When Sperry gets his goal, offside. <laughs> no, because that's our team. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I have to root for your team. Uh, Thad, where are you going to set up? Are you going to play defense again? Typically, yeah. Robert, outside back, winger? Full, like uh, I usually play that midfield link between the backs and the forwards because you know I figure how in the hell else is the ball going to get forward for our team? So, so you're going to be a shuttler? You're going to play yeah. the, like the shuttler role? Yeah. And that's that's always the weird thing is like some people who have actually played soccer try to like mentally put the team together and then the other one's like ah uh, you know it's five year old herd ball. I love it. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I'm going to need 15 minutes on the next pod to just break down the media game. Hopefully you have 15 minutes uh, <laughs> worthy of content to do that. Oh, I can I can talk about that media game for double the amount of time that you will have played. It can't wait. How many goals are you guys going to set up, Cody, for any goals? As any team, true soccer try player to would goals. say, David, if the opportunity is there, yeah. Well, Thad, I'm just wondering, like, are you going to practice your long balls over the top and go just like route one and let Cody run in behind? No. If I practiced any long balls, my knee would not be able. I would not be able to even go out on the field by that time. Robert, my knee is that bad. Through balls? Are you practicing through balls? Hey, I play Friday nights. I don't need to practice. Thank you very much. First of all, I think you do. But <laughs> I, I've watched you play in the media game. I think you oh, do. Uh, <laughs> you weren't watching very closely last year. The current media game, you guys were like, oh, you did this one thing, and then you disappeared the whole game. I'm like, I took two corners, and I turned up, I served up two balls that should have been assists. What are you talking about? But did they get converted? Well, no, because I can't help it if somebody falls over themselves at the back post. <laughs> but but of the – now, of course, he's not here, but of the people who've played in a media game recently, of, the, of, of you guys and Cody, who scored? Well, Cody, but he was offside. I mean, come on. Uh, he, he most certainly was not. We did the trigonometry. <laughs> he he most certainly was. A, I was closest <laughs> one besides Chad. Chad was close closer to him, but and that Chad kept him on. No. I had a good angle. And again, 
I checked with people upstairs who know soccer better than any of us, and they confirmed <laughs> that he was offside. <laughs> it still counted. There was no VAR. I can't anyway, help. Cody, Cody's on our team. We're, we're all pro yeah. Cody. I've got money on Cody scoring a brace. He said it was too much pressure, but pressure makes diamonds. So mm-hmm. I am I'm here for Cody. Well, you remember a couple of years ago when they did the uh, the shootout version, like the old style shootout. Oh yeah, and he was like talking shit that he was like going to score on me and stuff. So I just like kept telling him, "Yep, you're going to score on me, man. I'm old. You can do this and all that stuff." And so the pressure was so much on him that he basically blasted it right. In, well, excuse me, blasted it is probably not a good term. He gently kicked it, poked it into me slowly, and <laughs> I blocked it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, so yes, he is susceptible to pressure. There you go, Robert. Robert, yes, David. Say something prophetic. <laughs> Sporting will win Wednesday night 2-1. to one. We will win the media game 3. Go Sporting. Woo! Yeah.